This program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth, I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what's happening. It's time for the IC Robots show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people! I am from Jupiter. It is me again, your host, the champ, Icy Robots. And I'm still not a hero, but I still sacrifice, well, almost a bit of each and every week to make your week a bit less week. This week I think it's gonna get a lot less week. We're gonna do, we're gonna do a bit of this, a bit of that. Gonna talk about some, uh, some international toy gifts I receive. We're gonna, we're gonna have a good time, man. Don't worry. Let me see. Iceberg's got a new song here. Let me see if I can find it. All right. Uh, hold it now. Hit it. DJ Iceberg, rock those tech twelves. Alright, we are back. That is, of course, another amazing song by DJ Iceberg. He used some samples from uh, The Hateful Eight. That's uh, Senior Bob talking to uh, Sam Jackson's character about whether whether or not stew is a food. I think it is. It's hearty. Uh, then then we heard some, uh, some philosophical thoughts. If you stare at the streets, the streets stare back at you. And this is, of course, a takeoff on um, if one gazes into the abyss... You better watch out or the abyss is going to look like back at you. And what they what they mean by that is it's kind of like it's like twofold. You know, one um one must make sure when fighting monsters, you know, that you don't become a monster yourself. But I also I also think that like in modern times, it has a it has a, a meaning that is really relevant. I think I think what they're saying is if you spend a lot of time looking at something, like let's say you spend a lot of time looking at like uh, really negative political stuff or really negative conspiracy stuff, or uh, environmental stuff. There's a there's a lot of these really scary rabbit holes you can fall down. But I, I find if one becomes obsessive in these things, they spend a lot of time watching these things, looking at these things, they really, they really have a negative effect. You gotta make sure to spend some of your time, of course, 
researching into the evils of the world and what you can do to help. But you also, you also got to watch or listen to some, um, you know, happy, positive things that are going to, they're going to stare back at you as well because the, the reverse is also true. You know, if you look at good things, the good things, uh, they look back at you, you know, so you got to, you got to, you really got to watch what you watch. You know, you got to watch the, the right amount, you know, don't, don't be too obsessive is what I, what I'm getting at. You you may notice some different background sounds. We are actually right now in the Callisto Flyer, zipping around space. We had to go to the the other side of Jupiter to check something out for the Commodore. He's considering placing a second tower. I don't know anything about that, but uh, the the Flyer is back in repair. It was it was damaged by the space fleas after we had to evacuate the station. But me, Emily, you know, we've been we've been kind of tinkering away. We've been doing some wrenching, and we got the. Uh, we got the old girl back up into space. I did most of the wrenching. You just handed me the wrenches. Yeah, Emily, you're right. You're totally right. But that, like, come on. That doesn't, that qualifies as, like, wrenching around a little bit, right? Like, handing wrenches? It's cool. It would have taken me forever to do it if you weren't there to hand me stuff. What the heck was that? I've never heard that beep before on here. We are being hailed. Being hailed? By who? I don't know. Let's see. Hello, this is Emily on the Carlisto Flyer. Who is this? Emily, who the heck is that? What? Is that an alien? Yeah, man. He's an alien. He seems cool, though. Don't sweat it. It's kind of hard not to sweat it, dude. I've never met an alien before. Is, is he cool? Is, is it safe? He just wants to know if there is anywhere around here to get something to eat. I'm going to send him the cafeteria on the moon base. He can get something there. This is so wild, man. I can't believe that this is happening. This is like, this is like first contact or something, dude. Now, me and Iceberg have met these guys before when we were on that deep space mission back in the day. Oh, okay. Well, what was he going on about there, though? Oh, nothing really. They just like to talk. He was saying something about his son starting school or something. Either that or he was saying how he is really tired of the rain on his planet. I'm not really fluent. I mean, that's still pretty cool, though. You can talk alien. You can fly a spaceship and you can talk alien. It's like, what can't you do? You know, uh, well, uh... Maybe, um, maybe we should just, I don't know, let's go investigate the other side of the planet or, or whatever. We gotta, we gotta get back our oxygen supply is limited. You might not worry about it, but I do. Yeah, let me tell that dude where the cafeteria is, though. I don't want to be rude. Yeah, listen, dude. Circle around the planet and go back near the big crater. There is a cafeteria there. No, they don't serve that. I don't know why not. Just get a burger. They are pretty good. They cost about $4 and come with fries or side salad. Get the fries. Okay, bye. That is crazy. I I don't know. Uh what what does he what does he look like? I didn't I didn't even think about that. That was that was audio only. What does homie look like? He looks like an alien dude. I've never seen an alien dude. What does he look like? I don't know. Kind of like an insect, but he has a head like a sunflower. Sort of. That dude we were just talking to looks like an insect with a head like a sunflower. And you just told him to go eat a hamburger. This is like, this is one of the craziest days of my life. I don't, 
I don't know, man. Maybe uh, maybe he'll still be there when we get back. But the other other side of the moon is um is pretty far. We should we should probably get going. I can see the oxygen level is at like twenty nine percent. We we should probably make it. We got a couple emergency tanks, but it, it might get tight. Let's let's roll. Yeah. Let's roll as you say. We should be fine as far as air. If not, you can always hold your breath. You know what, though? I'll tell you. I I really want a hamburger right about now. I bet you do. But when don't you want a hamburger? I'll buy you one when we get back. Following in the footsteps of Ebert, Siskel, and even that dude named Roper, it's At The Movies with Icy Robots. Nineteen eighty-seven. You got Wham Boys, Banana Rama Girls, and then there's me. Jaffe's never had a girlfriend before. It's against your religion. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. Thank me later. I didn't know music could be like that. It's like Bruce knows everything I've ever wanted. Springsteen's what your dad listens to. Not my dad. I saw a terrific movie this past Sunday night. The movie was a movie called Blinded by the Light, and it was the story of a young English-Pakistani kid who he learns about himself and life and love and all of these important things through the music of Bruce Springsteen, the boss. I myself have not famously been the biggest Bruce Springsteen guy in the world. I'm I'm kind of a hip-hop dude, but over the last... uh. I don't know, like six months or so, I've um, really started to get into the boss. I don't know. He and I, we have just, uh, we started to click. You know, the the clicking has happened. It, it, I don't know what it took. I just, I, I've always had, you know, Born in the USA. I have Thunder Road. I have Greetings from Asbury Park. I have all the classics and I, I do enjoy them, but they didn't speak to me the way that they do some people up until, up until recently, I, I was listening to Dancing in the Dark, and I, I just, I started absorbing the words, and I started absorbing the feelings, and man, I, I just connected in a major way, and that is exactly what happens to our dude, um, Javed. Javed is the young, uh, character's name. He, he's starting university, and he's facing a, a world that's not that friendly to Pakistani immigrants. England is famously um, racist against the Pakistani folks. And he he's facing this and he's facing a, a schism between the traditional Pakistani life that his father and family wanted to have and the, um, the English life that he, that he wants. He wants to be a writer and at the same time he... He's just, he's torn, you know, he's torn in that way that, that you are when you're a youth. I I just thought that this movie was great. I loved it so much. We saw it Sunday night at the at the Artie Farty Theater Summerfield. We we got a popcorn, we put some brewer's yeast on it. I got a I got a cucumber water from the pitcher, and I sat down and for one hour and fifty-seven minutes I I was in love, man. This movie was just so dynamite. Let's, um, they give out these, uh, these small pieces of paper with all the info for the movie at the, uh, at the cinema. This is something I really enjoy because I, 
I sit and I read it before the uh, the flick starts. 1987, when music fanatic Javid discovers the illustrious back catalog of the boss, his world is turned upside down. Already a creative soul, his passion for music and writing is set alight by the songs of the working class poet, whose lyrics feel all too familiar to an aspirational teenager. Yearning to escape his rundown hometown and the rules of his traditional Pakistani hometown, Javed finds himself caught in between two worlds and must discover if he is too born to run. This this movie's great. They they have this gimmick that they do during it where in which you you see Javed discover a new brew song and he starts to um he like he starts to feel the lyrics and he starts to feel the music and to illustrate it they they put the lyrics up on the screen as he's going along and in doing this you see the the genius of the boss's words and you see Javed feel them. There's one scene where he's out in the storm and the music is just it's going around him like the the air and the storm and the weather are just you know they're spinning around his head and it is beautiful this is a terrific movie if it plays anywhere near you i think you should go see it whether you like bruce or not i went the wife went and 2.0 went and she could not she could not give a flip but the boss you know she's not at that stage in her life yet and she thought this was a beautiful movie i i don't feel like i'm giving too much away here to say that the uh the wife next to me cried. I almost cried too. There are so many beautiful scenes. I'm a crier though when it comes to movies. That's not something that's not something I'm afraid to admit, man. I have feelings. I'm a grown man. I can express my feelings in any way that are healthy. And sometimes sometimes crying at a beautiful story is the right thing to do. And while I did not get all the way there, I almost got there. I could feel it, but I I was able to pull it in. The wife could not. I could hear her. It was it was a moving experience overall to see to see young Javed go out there and stand up for himself and use the power of the boss to do it. The the movie was directed by Jurinder Chadha and stars Vivek Kalra, Kulvinder Gear, and Mira Ganatra. Forgive me if I am mispronouncing anybody's name. It is not done with any disrespect. I'm doing I'm doing the best I can. I think that the biggest star in the movie was probably Haley Atwell, who you might know um, as a Captain America's old lady in the uh, the Avengers movie. She's a British actress. She's lovely. She's great. She's she's probably the biggest star in the whole thing. But um, young Viviette Calra is he's the kid you hear doing the narration in the trailer a minute ago, and he's he's dynamite in this. You really. You really feel him, and you really feel the emotions he's trying to get across. I cannot recommend this highly enough. It's a dynamite movie. It was it was really, really, really great. I I dug it. So, with all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I'm going to go ahead and give Blinded by the Light a real solid four, four. mics. Mike. Mike. I am going to take you to a place that no tourist would ever find in a million years. A chance of a lifetime. We're going to fall down here.
47 meters down. Unpaged. And then on Monday, I went to the movies again. I saw 47 meters down, Uncaged, which is the second in the 47 meters down series. The first one being, uh, 47 meters down came out, uh, I think 2017. It was a movie about a gal who was trapped in a shark cage. In this one, there is no shark cage. They're out there surrounded by sharks in the ocean. The... The basic premise is this. There is an undersea um, archaeological find. They find a, a Mayan village. And the, the gals decide to go swimming down there to look around just to see their dad, John Corbett, who you might know as uh, Chris Stevens from Northern Exposure. He is the he's the boss of the thing, so the kids know about it. And they decide they're going to go around and peek. But they um, they end up getting trapped, and they get surrounded by sharks. And before you know it, they're fighting for their lives. It's it's a pretty decent, pretty basic premise. It's uh, cute gals getting chased by sharks in the summer. You know, that's that's what it is. This is just, you know, this is a summer movie. It's fun. You get to see people get chomped by sharks. You get to see people swim around. It is it is what it is. You know, there's not, there's not a ton of depth. There's not a ton of anything except for jump scares and shark bites and chases with sharks. And the girls are like, they're trapped down there and they're running out of air. It's... It's all good. I'll tell you this. I would never not never go cave diving. I might like, I might like dip into a cave for a second where, and you know, I could still, I could still see the way out just in case. I, I am not going to go down in these catacombs like the gals do. It just, no way, man. I want to know that if I start running out of air or something happens, I can just go up. You know, I just want to go up. And be uh be free of the uh, of the sea, but um these these poor gals they're in there their cave gets blocked off and they are trapped. Here's here's another gimmick that's in the movie that is it's kind of cute. The the sharks and the fish that all live in the um the undersea in the sunken city they're blind. You know it's that deal where like they never go to the surface, they never get out, so they can't see. So they're able to kind of like be silent and dodge the sharks a bit, which is it's kind of cute. It's kind of fun. I don't know. Like, overall, this was a fun movie. Like I said, there's not a lot of depth. It's not Jaws. It's not even 47 meters down. But it is, it is cool. Of the recent shark movies I've seen being 47 meters down, The Meg and this one, this is the second best one. It's way better than The Meg. The Meg was terrible. It's way better than that. It's not as good as uh, the first one, like I said a moment ago. But it is, it is fun. If you like sharks, if you're into that kind of thing, then then by all means go see it. It doesn't, it doesn't really warrant like a giant review. You know, it is, it is what it is. It's a summer movie about girls getting chased by sharks. So over on Rotten Tomatoes, the movie's currently 51% with the critics, 68% with the audience. The people we saw it with, they all, you know, they seemed to like it for what it was. They fell for the jump scares. They, uh, it just, you know, you hear them go, ah, whenever a shark would pop up. It was fun. It's rated PG-13 for creature-related violence. Bloody imagery and brief nude gestures. It's directed by Johannes Roberts, who did the first one. It's only 89 minutes long. So it plays, it plays really fast. Before you know it, it's over. Just, just like this review, to be honestly. Because it was cool, man, but there's not, there's not a lot to say about it. If you like shark movies, by all means, go see it. You'll want to see it, if you like sharks. If this is not your thing, you know already. You know before going in. It's fun. So... With all that said, and the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud, 
and 5 being an all-time classic. I am going to give 47 meters down. Uncaged. A solid 3 mics? Three mics. The Jeffersons, Alice, and Trapper John M.D. will return next Sunday at their regular times on most of these stations. I see robots wants to talk about comet subscriptions for a few minutes. Don't worry, it'll be brief. Alrighty, tidy whitey, it is me. I see robots, and I am back. Ever since my beloved uh, Comics for the Wind shut down, I've been subscribing to my monthly comics at a at a website called Comic Zone. It is a shop on the East Coast, and they do they do like a nice online by mail subscription service. I've I've had nothing but good things to think about it so far. It's been great. I I know I could go to the shop here in Santa Rosa, but I I got beef with those dudes, man. They're not my homies. I don't like the dudes over at um, Outer Plains. That's just me, man. I have a long and storied history with them. If you want to know about it, check out the This Boring Life about comic book stores. I go all into it. But um, I I enjoy going to Comic Zone. It's easy. You just, like, pick the comics that you want, and they pull them for you. And then once a month, they mail them to my house. It costs six ninety nine for shipping, which isn't which isn't bad by any means. It, uh... It's well worth the uh, time and effort, you know, that I'm saving by doing this. I like to, I like to go over my books every couple months and see if I'm still enjoying the books that I have and how much I enjoy and which ones I might want to continue, which ones I might want to jump into. There's always, there's always like some new exciting miniseries that's coming out that I, I want to jump into. And I, I got a limited comic budget, dude. I do my best to not let it get out of control because these things can get out of control like, like really quickly, honestly, if you, if you get everything you want, you're in it for a lot of money. And my goal, my goal is to keep it under like 40 bucks. You know, I'd like to be around 30 bucks, but I, I'll go up to 40 a month. I think that's enough, um, on my support for the, the comic industry. And this, this includes shipping, shipping something I got to think about. I just, I don't know. I don't want it to get out of hand. That's my, that's my goal with most bills. So I, I keep it tight. I pay attention. If I pick something, something has to go. Is usually the uh, the way that it is. I I jettisoned a couple books recently, which is which is always weird to do. You know, like I've been reading these things. Like if you've been reading a comic even for six issues, that's like it's been in your life for half a year. That's an amount of time. The Walking Dead canceled. That's something we all know. I talked about that a bit, and that's been a major blow to my uh, to my comic reading um, procedures. It's been a it's been a blow to my psyche. I'll tell you. Also, it's like I I've been with these characters for years and years and years and years, and the comics had its ups and it had its downs. But I I was gonna stick with it no matter what because I've had Rick and I've had Carl and I've had Jesus and I've had all these guys in my life like, every month for so long that I'm just interested in following along with their adventures. If the book would have hung around for all eternity, I would have I would have stuck with it for all eternity. Unless it got weird. Unless somebody else started writing it, maybe. That might be one reason I bailed out. But, um, that's gone, and that's been a big deal. But I, 
I just thought I would go over these for a little bit. It's not like an amazing topic. It's not the best thing in the world. But I, I think it's kind of fun to hear about what's going on in other people's uh, comics um, histories. I only know the storylines that are in mine. And it's fun to hear the storylines that I don't. That I don't currently um, check out. So the website is comiczone.com. That's comics with an X. It's C-O-M-I-X zone.com. The the service is really great. It's really uh, easy to add something, easy to remove something, and um, you get a discount on anything else that you buy in the store. So right now, as we speak, I am subscribing to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different monthly comics. Three of them are mini series and will will be gone after a while. So that gives me like three that I can mess around with. One of these that I read is going to be done in two, and that gives me. That gives me a little space to goof around with. The the comics that I have recently dropped, let me let me talk about that first. One of them was a comic called Naomi. It was by Brian Michael Bendis. I read the first six. I decided I'd give it a shot of six. It's a new it's a new character that he's introducing to the DC universe, and I don't know, man. I just I don't feel her. She has kind of like a mysterious background and there's like powers and everything may not be as it seems. Through through the first six, you do find out the big reveal in six. Usually a comic story arc is six and they, they do give you the big reveal. And when I got the big reveal, I was I was a bit underwhelmed. So when um, Deceased, the uh, DC uh, zombie deal popped up, I wanted to add that. I decided Naomi had to go. If we're at six and I don't really like you that much, you might have to go. I don't know. Maybe it'll turn around. I know not. I could I could see it because I have faith that um, Bendis is, you know, he's a good writer, dude. I have faith that he's going to be able to pull something fun out. The second comic that got the boot, that got thrown out of the lifeboat, is Batman. I've been reading Batman consecutively for a couple years now. A few years. I... I got in when he was going to get married to Catwoman. That seemed like something interesting, and I it was a good jumping on point, so I jumped on. But um, I've liked it at points. Like, I've liked it a lot at a few points. There are points where, and this is when you know something's good. This is when you know you really like it. I was going out of my way to tell the old wife the tales of what was going on. I'm like, hey, you got to check out what happened in this Batman comic. And I would give her, like, you know, a quick two-minute going over of, like, some crazy, awesome, or interesting thing that happened. And she always seemed interested. She's like, wow. That actually does sound cool. You know, that does sound exciting. And that's when you, that's when you know you're into something. When you share it. When you share it with your loved ones because you think it's so great. But at the, the point we're at now with Batman, I don't even know what's going on. They did like, they did like this weird jump. And I don't know if maybe I was supposed to read some other titles as well. Like Detective, for example. Or maybe like some, I don't know, some, some Max event. But whatever it was, I didn't read it. And now I'm just completely lost. I am just lost. I have no idea what's going on. Like, Batman's father, Thomas Wayne, is now Batman. The bad guys are all running the city. Like, the Joker is, like, the commissioner. You know, Commissioner Joker. And I just have no idea. Bane, engineer, nerd's favorite dude, Bane, is, like, running the whole city of Gotham. It's called the City of Bane. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. Also, it comes out twice a month, which means I have an $8 a month Batman bill. And that was just like, that was just like a little bit too much for me when I thought about it and I wasn't enjoying it. But I didn't, I didn't give up Batman completely. I'll talk about that in a sec. But um, what I did was I canceled it and then I changed my mind 
and I went back and I got it back again and I got two more issues and I read them both and I went, I don't know what's going on here. I have no idea. So I canceled it officially, but I still, I still wanted some Batman in my life. So I took that open slot and I put in Detective Comics. Detective Comics is, that's the comic where Batman got his start, you know, Detective 27. First appearance of Batman, and it's been Batman pretty much, like, not since that exact moment, but pretty soon thereafter, it was mostly Batman. That's a long run. There are over a thousand issues. I don't know why I wasn't reading Batman from the start. I think uh, Detective from the start, rather. I think it was because I I heard the writer Tom King was really good. And he has written a lot of really good things. I'm not going to front. I do think that he's really good. But I, I just kind of fell out of what was going on at some point. I I think that's it. For comics I dropped. Well, there is The Walking Dead, and I know I already already talked about that a little bit, but I, I did finally read the final episode, and it was it was good. It's a story in the future. They jump ahead into the future and they show the they show the impact that Rick and everything that the characters that we've been following have done has um has affected the world at large for good and for bad. It was a good it was a good issue. I enjoyed it. At the end, um, Kirkman wrote a, he wrote a goodbye, I guess is what you would call it, to to everybody. And in it, he kind of, he talked a bit about his um, decision process, which was, um, you know, that led him to the ending of the, uh, of the series. And basically, he, he said that, like, one day he started thinking the, the gimmick for the comic may be that, like, any character can die at any time. And he thought, wouldn't it be... Wouldn't it be interesting if he decided to just end the series unexpectedly? Like, what if he, what if he showed everybody it's so real that even the series can die? And he, he decided to go that direction. He, he also, he said he didn't have like a ton of like great storylines left in his mind, and he he started going in the direction of I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna end the series, and that's gonna be that. Everyone's gonna be surprised. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really great. But he said like as he started getting near it, he 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 questioned the decision of whether it was good or not, good idea or not. And he, he kind of said he thinks he may have, he may have made a mistake because now he has a life with no walking dead in it and the world has no walking dead in it. But what is done, what is done is done. I, I myself, every once in a while I get like, you know, some kooky idea for this show. And I, I do them sometimes. Sometimes I don't. I gotta, I gotta think long and hard about which ones are worth doing and which ones aren't worth doing. And that's, that's a hard decision to make sometimes. I think I've made some good choices. I think I've made some bad choices. And I... I don't know. In reading all that, I think maybe Kirkman made a bad choice. I hope he's not too filled with regret. Because he's... He's given the world a lot of joy with Walking Dead. And he's made a lot of money out of Walking Dead. He's made a lot of money for a lot of people. A lot of jobs. There's TV shows. There's a lot of... A lot of good has come from The Walking Dead. And it's sad that it's gone. But I enjoyed it. When it was, when it was here, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to learn how to get over this. I got to decide what's the new number one comic. That's, that's the position The Walking Dead has held for the longest time. It was the comic I always read last because I wanted to savor it. I, I wanted to delay my gratification and I would read it last. I don't know what's going to be, what's going to take that spot. There isn't anything that, that feels huge like that. There's nothing that I have a relationship with like that. But let's. Let's look at the ones I have on my list right now. The first one I read is Action Comics. That's, of course, the uh, the flagship Superman series. You you might even say it's like the flagship of all of um, DC Comics. It's a classic. I, I enjoy that. Brian Michael Bendis 
writes that. I believe I have it down here, up here, rather. It's still still hard to get used to being back up in space. I do have it here. Right now, they're involved in something called Year of the Villain, which is like a big event, and I'm not following any of the other ones in the event, but um, in it... Superman is trying to capture the Rose and the Thorn, which is kind of like a long-running character. I I don't um, know how I feel about that. I don't like it when a comic I read is part of a bigger event that I'm not going to read. Like, it happened with um, Batman. Sometimes I just, I just fall off. But I, I have a much easier time following what's going on with R-Dude Superman than I do with uh, R-Dude Batman. But um, the... The next one on my list is Archie. I've had a long relationship with Archie. I've been reading that since the uh, comics for the Wind days. Surprisingly, only Walking Dead and Archie kind of held over from the comics for the Wind's days. I decided to just start anew, but um, I like Archie. It's fun. It's nice to read like a monthly tale of something that's not in any way about um, superheroes. Right now they're doing a storyline where Archie and um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch are in love, they're exploring how they met. It's cool that she has, like, mystical powers, you know, like, real witchy powers, for real. And it's kind of neat to see that crossover into the, uh, into the much larger Archie-verse. I wonder if they're ever going to do, like, a deal where Riverdale and Sabrina on Netflix cross over. I could see it happening. I think it would be interesting. I, I might introduce some of the, um, mystical elements to the uh, Riverdale TV show if I were in charge because that has been that has been a part of Archie lore. Sabrina's a witch for real. She has magic powers. All sorts of all sorts of weird things have happened to the gang over the years. There's been time travel. You name it, man. So I might introduce some of that to the uh the Riverdale at large. The next one I'm reading that I'm really enjoying and this is this is becoming the top comic, but it's a mini series. I think there's only two left. It's called uh it's called Deceased, like um, DC Comics are now ceased. It's a it's a zombie tale set in the world of DC Comics. Like some kind of some kind of dark side new god virus has gotten loose in the DC universe, and everybody's getting it. It's it's pretty cool so far. A lot of like major major characters have been zombified, and the dudes that are fighting against him aren't necessarily, like, the most powerful dudes. Sure, they got Superman. You know, he's immune. He's Superman. But you got the Green Arrow and guys like that. One of the neat plot twists that's taken place is that during the course of the of the, um, the series, the Black Canary has somehow gotten the uh, Green Lantern powers, which is kind of cool. She deserves it. Dinah Lance, I don't think that's too big of a spoiler. It happens. It happens very early in the series. You know, if you... If you jump into it within just like a little bit, a couple pages, she's going to get it. But um, I'm enjoying that a lot. I, I would continue with this if it became like an ongoing where the the universe has gotten got and just some heroes are alive trying to uh, trying to survive, trying to save people. I, I think that would be cool. But there's only like two issues left. So that will be that will be leaving my life soon. But it will give me time to find something else. And uh, that's part of the fun. Finding and picking something else. The next one on the list is the one that I replaced Batman with. And it is Detective Comics. The the seminal Batman comics. So now I read Archie, I read Action, and I read Detective. I'm I'm very average. But uh, I haven't gotten any issues of this yet. But I look forward to looking at it. It seems cool. I, I looked at some of the storylines. And they, they seem not as involved 
as the ones in a Batman. So that is neat. Alphabetically, Event Leviathan is the next one. That's another major event. This is a mini series. I think this is six issues in there. They're going on issue number three. I haven't gotten issue uh, number three yet. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis, but uh, the kick of this is uh, Alex Maleev, who he did Alias with. Are um, They're back together again, and they're working on this, and plus the question. Vic Sage, the question, is in it. So that's like, that's definitely something cool to see uh, Maleev draw the question and Bendis to write the question. This hasn't really, it hasn't unfolded yet, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into it. I... I don't know. It may end up being the bottom comic if it if it starts to pay off. But it's a miniseries. You can't make the bottom comic a miniseries. Kick-Ass is the next book on my list. This is, um, it's not written by Mark Miller who wrote Kick-Ass. It's written by Steve Niles. And it's drawn by Marcelo Frusen. I have that one up here with me as well. I have three that I haven't read yet. And, um, they're with me. It's cool. It's an all-new Kick-Ass. It's not a Dave Lazuski or whatever his name was. It's a, a former military gal. She was like a lieutenant in the Gulf. And now she's back in her hometown is overrun by crime. So she's taken over. She's making herself the crime bra- boss. Like when um Matt Murdock did the same thing during uh, Bendis's Bendis's run. That was great. If you haven't run Bend- if you haven't read rather Bendis's run on Daredevil, there were some really really neat things at one point uh Murdock decides the only way the things are going to get better is if I take out the kingpin. But then that left like an opening and people were getting killed fighting for the title of the kingpin. So he decides, I'll be the kingpin. And uh, it goes from there. That was really good stuff. I also added uh, Lois Lane. There's a Lois Lane mini. It's a 12-issue mini. I added that because it looked really good. The cover of the first one looked really good. I needed something because of um, the Walking Dead cancelization. I had a, I had a spot. So I'm like, well... You're reading two Superman titles. You might as well read Lois Lane as well. This is cool. It's about her being a reporter, funky reporter. She's, um, like, unearthing some giant story. This hasn't unfolded yet. I've only really read one. But it it reminds me of Alias. It reminds me of uh, Jessica Jones. Not the early Alias when she's, like, really depressed, but the the Pulse era Jessica Jones where she's a reporter working with, um, what's his name? Oh, I forget. The guy who's, uh... He's pals with Spider-Man, and they form, like, an online paper and stuff. It, it reminds me of that. I, I'm digging it. Let's, let's try to motor through these. I, I can't imagine that your guys are, um, like, super interested in the comics I read. This is so self-indulgent. I apologize, but the, uh, the next one on the list is Superman. This is Superman. It's, um, about the dude, the last son of Krypton, who, uh, comes down to Earth. I don't, um, have that with me right now. I should have... I should have saved it so I can look at it because I do get confused on what's going on in Superman and what's going on in action. They're they're different, but this is written by Bendis too. I believe of the two, I prefer this to action, but I do I do like both. I guess I'm like a Bendis file, man. Everything that I'm telling you is written by Brian Michael Bendis. But um you gotta you gotta follow writers you like more than characters you like, I think. Because once somebody gets a take on a character, you get into it, a new writer takes over, and then it's all different. So I I follow the writers. The final comic I read is another Brian Michael Bendis. This one is um it's called Young Justice. I I'm digging this a lot too. I'm digging this a lot more than I thought that I would because I don't have a lot of familiarity with these characters. I know they're I know they're popular with like a certain generation and they have like a successful cartoon, but I don't know them all that well. Yeah, sure. I know Robin and I know these guys, but I don't I don't know him as Young Justice. So I I was only reading this one on a trial basis. And the first one the first six, it didn't really grab me. 
But then all of a sudden, they they did a twist where they're lost in the multiverse, and they're gonna they're gonna be encountering all these wacky DC characters. Like they've already encountered Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew, and you all know about my love of Captain Carrot. And that was that was fun to see the. The possibilities of this are limitless. It reminds me of Exiles, that um, X-Men title. I think Judd Weinick? I don't know who wrote it. It was it was many moons ago, but it was like this team of X-Men who traveled through the um, various Elseworlds or uh, what-if universes of the uh, of Marvel lore. I I get reminded of that when I read this, but I'm I'm digging it. They they have a character who's like um, the great-great-granddaughter of Jonah Hex, and I love Jonah Hex. He's one of my favorites, so... That's really fun. And she has, um, like, she has a chest, like a treasure chest, and something's in it that is gonna, it's gonna spark some mystery. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what's inside of that, uh, inside of that box. It appears to be, like, gold, like Marcellus Wallace's soul, or whatever it was that was in Pulp Fiction. It's like, it's like the one that, uh, jewels in them were opening up in the trunk. But, um, I don't know. I'm anxious to find out what it is. Do, do you guys read comics? Who out there reads monthly comics? There has to be somebody. I think my dude, um, I think my dude Charles does. I think I've seen him on Facebook with comics. And I think my dude Tapes from the Crypt does as well. I think that at one point we were talking about comics. And I'm not, I'm not sure overall. If you guys have any recommendations, I'm going to have a couple slots open soon. When Event Leviathan ends and when Deceased ends, I'm going to, I'm going to have some spots open for some new stuff. So if you have any, any kind of, you know, just anything, just send me some ideas. I'm always looking for something. It doesn't have to be superheroes. I do prefer DC to Marvel. At points, I've been like a giant, giant, giant Marvel fanboy. But when when the movie started to hit, Marvel kind of started to adjust the comics to follow the movie storylines, which I understand 1,000% from a business standpoint. I get it. You don't want somebody who's like seen a movie... To come get a comic and they go, what is this? I get it. I dig it. But it, um, I do feel like it kind of alienated longtime fans. And I don't know how many new fans they picked up, honestly. So it just feels like they alienated a lot of fans. But I, I do understand the move. But, um, I, I slowly kind of got out of Marvel. And then I moved back into DC. For the longest time I was a DC fan. Then I became a Marvel fan. And I've gone back to, like, almost all DC Except for Archie. So if you have any if you have any Marvel title suggestions that are dope, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'll check it out. Anything from Image. I've had a lot of love for Image over the years. That's where The Walking Dead comes from. So I got a I got a lot of love for Image. I've read some cool titles from there. I I love Archie. I just saw Dynamite is publishing um Charlie's Angels versus the Bionic Woman, which seems which seems kind of fun and the um the alternate cover each month is done by a Jim Mafood who I, I love from his indie comics day. He did what, uh, Comics Are Dumb or something like that. He's he's cool. He's got kind of like a graffiti style, and I I dig that. But I, I haven't seen any pictures of the interior art, so I don't know what it's like. And Dynamite's kind of Dynamite's kind of hit and miss. Sometimes they really hit, sometimes they really miss. But um, if you got any suggestions, hit me up at ICRobots, I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S, on the tweets, or you can go to our Facebook group, which is which is slowly falling apart, man. They Facebook will not get back to me about any of these problems we're having. Somebody reported your dude for being a for being some kind of unethical person, and ever since things have been blocked. I hadn't had access to my inbox for the longest time. I don't know what's going on, but um, you can you can try to reach me there. Twitter is probably the better place right now, but uh, you can give it a shot. Probably it's probably better if you post it to the public. 
you know, because I can't seem to get into the inbox. This is all more self-indulgent stuff you didn't need to know. Let's, uh, let's move into the last segment. I think this was, I think this was fun. I think we all learned something about each other and about me. Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Shall we play a game? Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. Game over, man. It's game over. Geekfest Rants is an entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. So say we all. So say we all. Join us by listening in at iTunes, YouTube, and at geekfestrants.com. Done the impossible and made it to the final segment of the show. This is the part where I see robots talks about stuff you bought, saw, or was thinking about. It's pretty random. All right, it is me, and we are back for the final segment of the show. If you don't already listen to Geekfest Rant today, I think that you do. Everybody does. It's great. Carlos has been really. Really putting out some good shows lately. He did one the other week about um, Star Trek Borg action figures. He really delved into those, um, the Playmates. I love those uh, Star Trek Playmates. And I don't think they get enough love, enough toy podcast love. So it was really great to hear Carlos represent GeekFestRants.com. It is an awesome show. I love it. As you all know, my family's been away for a week. I've had the seven days of solitude. That is going to be um, talked about in the uh, POS number 10 which is titled The uh, Seven Days of Solitude. POS is the patron-only show. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that at the end. But they've been gone. I've been alone. They went to Mexico City, and I have been left alone. But now, like Peaches and Herb, we are uh, reunited. Yeah, it's great. They're back. We're all a happy family once again. While they were in Mexico, they went to Arena Mexico, which is the famed Lucha Libre Arena. It's the home arena of uh, CMLL, which is Mexico's longest-running, most traditional, most legit Lucha Libre organization. Arena Mexico is really a landmark. I've been there once before. It was amazing. It was great. I was happy that they got the chance to go there again. The fam wanted to go see Lucha, man. That is... That's amazing. That's a great night out, if you ask me. It's dope. But all around, all around Arena Mexico, there are vendors. Vendors selling toys, vendors selling masks, vendors selling, like, replica belts. You name it. Food. Just, just whatever. It is so great. It is so fun there. And the wife, uh, the wife really came through. She brought me back, like, three or four action figures. She got me La Parca, El Santo, Dr. Wagner Jr., and somebody I don't recognize, which is, which is too bad for him, but these are, like, these are, like, custom figures. You can see where, where they've been painted. I posted pictures of these on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, at Icy Robots. They're also on the Facebook page. It's a Facebook page, which is still all screwed up, but these are, these are really, really dope figures. It looks like they have, like, one shared universal mold, like, um... Somewhere in Mexico, there's a factory that's, like, pooping out this one mold of a luchador. And then they hand paint all the details on. These are really, really great. The La Parca, L.A. Park, as he's known now. You might know him as the uh, chairman of WCW back in the day. He's the one who wears that black skeleton-looking outfit. The, the hood of the skeleton outfit is made out of, like, tape that's painted black. And his La Parca belt is, like, tape. It's just, these are really, really, really awesome. I completely respect the ingenuity of the people putting these together. These are like, these are like top flight customs, dude. If I made these, I would be, 
I would be ecstatic. They're maybe like six inches tall. I think the figure's like six or seven inches tall. Each one has a cape, which is fun. They they also got me a neat uh, AAA accessory pack. AAA is another organization in Mexico. They're, they've been around a while, but they're not as old as a CMLL. And they, they have kind of like a more hardcore, you know, more extreme, like ECW kind of kind of vibe. They're edgier, that's for sure. CMLL is very, very, very traditional and AAA. Just they, they have blood, they have guts, they have chairs, they have barbed wire, you name it, all that kind of stuff. But she, um, she sent me a, brought me a neat accessory pack of, um, it was, how many pieces? Let's see, there's a chair, there's a ladder, there is like a stretcher, there is a garbage can, and then there's like a clipboard, a small clipboard that says triple A. They all have the triple A logo on them. And these are all, these are all like handmade. They're so great. Somebody, somebody somewhere at like a sheet metal shop, like punch these out and put them together. They're dynamite. This is the best ladder I have by far. And I do, believe it or not, I have like a few different action figure ladders. This one is metal. It's great. It has like that corrugated style of a of a ladder. Just just amazing. Right now I have some of my AWA Rimcos playing around with that stuff. Um Abdullah the Butcher. My AWA Rimco Abdullah the Butcher is on the stretcher and the long riders are carrying him out while Rick Martel's up on the ladder and uh Paul Ellering is sitting in the chair while the Road Warriors work out. I love this stuff a lot. It is so, so, so neat. While they were there, they went to a uh, retro toy store called Johnny Toys. I guess our our good pal Johnny Five is now in the toy game. He has a shop in Mexico City. And she said that, uh, it was really cool. She sent me some pictures. Um, I should post those. They, they had G.I. Joes. These are all like the Mexican versions. They had like the Mexican versions of G.I. Joes. They had Mexican versions of old Transformers. Really... Really cool, uh, J5, man, your, your store's alright, despite me not, um, not liking you all that much. They also picked me up a couple toy belts. I like toy wrestling belts. Not replica belts, not like the ones that are like the full-on replicas. I like the ones they, uh, they sell at Toys R Us, or they used to sell at Toys R Us, or sell at Target. They got me, they got me a couple of those, one from CMLL, and one from AAA. So I am now the unified champ of all Mexican wrestling. I... I have a few toy belts. I have the, uh, I have the old hardcore title, the one with the tape on it. I have one of the, uh, the WCW one, the old, the big, the big gold belt Ric Flair had. I have one of the, uh, white, the white intercontinental belt. I have the John Cena spinner belt. I have a UFC championship, and I also have a Pride championship, as well as a, um, one of... One of the WWE tag team ones with, um, it looks like they have, like, a copper penny on the front. I don't like that one that much, but it's, it's okay. These, um, these are gonna go, uh, down there on the Earth base. I have, I have in my, uh, office this long beam that goes across the ceiling, this, um, the support beam. And I, I put the belts up there. They, they look cool. You know, you come in, it looks like I'm the multi-time toy champion of the universe. And these are, these are cool. I don't know why you would get these otherwise, you know, unless you were, you were in Mexico City. I, I think the next time they go, I'm gonna go and, and do some, uh, toy hunting. I think that could, I think that could be a fun journey. It could make for a fun episode, toy hunting in Mexico City. If that's something you, you might want to hear, let me know. It wouldn't be for, like, a year or two years, but if that sounds, if that sounds cool, let me know, and I'll, uh, I'll definitely consider going next time. We'd have to board the dogs, which I, which I'm hesitant to do. I care about them so much that uh, having them in the hands of somebody else just really like it really racks my nerves. You know, the dogs are uh, they're really important to me. 
I I want to touch on something really quick. Something that I heard the other day that uh really really affected me when we were when we were watching Blinded by the Light, the Bruce Springsteen um, movie that I that I reviewed earlier. The main character Javid says something, quoting the uh, boss. He says, "In the end." Unless everybody wins, nobody wins. And I, I started thinking about that. And I started trying to internalize that lesson. And I think that's, I think that's an important one. While, while you might be doing great, while you might be having a great life, and you might be wealthy, or you might be well-off, or you might even be like middle class, you got to think that there are people out there who have, who have not even one iota of what you have. And in a world of incredible riches, this world that we live in, it's, it's amazing that the that there's people out there who just who have nothing. Let me let me tell you a quick story. The other day we were going to McDonald's and there was a um, a girl standing there with a sign that said needs food. And I I don't know. I'm a sucker for a handout. So I when I was at McDonald's I got her a double cheeseburger and um, some fries and a drink. I got her a full strength Coke. I thought she could use it. Didn't cost very much. Wasn't a big deal. But when I when I went out to give it to her, she was um she was already gone. It was hot that day. She'd already already headed in. But I had this food, so I decided I gotta I gotta do something with it. So I I had an idea that some of the homeless people around here live over in this creek. So I thought maybe maybe she dipped into the creek. If you know Rinkin Valley McDonald's is a creek right nearby. So I I kind of headed off in that direction, hoping that I could that I could find her. And I walked over there, and I I did manage to come across her and. I was I was really saddened to see she had like all of her possessions spread out and she had like a tent and she had all this stuff and it was it was just really sad to think that like I'm going back inside and I'm going to have McDonald's with my wife and then we're going to head home and we're going to watch um we're going to watch some Netflix on the Roku and I'm just like it's really sad that this girl has to live outside in a creek by herself in a tent in a world where there is enough for everybody so you got to think in the end Nobody wins unless everybody wins. You got to do just a little something. Just do a little something to help other people out every once in a while. But, um, I, I think if we all just helped out like a little, it would help so much in the grand scheme of things. Buy a homeless guy a hamburger. Buy a homeless guy, you know, something to drink. Buy him a cup of coffee. Just chat with him a bit. Listen to their stories. Make them feel like people. When you see a homeless guy, when you see somebody down on their luck, don't look away. Don't like stare at him necessarily, but don't look away. Don't look away like you don't see it. These are people. They're people just like you and me who've had either problems with drugs or they've had problems financially or just whatever. More than likely problems with mental illness and they need our help. It's up to us to help. In the end, nobody wins unless everybody wins. Take that to heart. Put it um put it on a note, push it in your heart, try to let it go to your brain. We just got uh we just got a couple more things to get through before we get out of here. One of them's really important, man. This is the final week of Summer of Fitness. It's been a great time. Let's, uh, let's get into that. All right, hit it! It's the Summer of Fitness, your time to shine. Let's go outside and exercise. We will walk and we will ride a bike. It's the Summer of Fitness. As far as I'm concerned, the Summer of Fitness has been a great success. We've all got out there. We've all taken some walks. We've taken some runs. We've ridden our bike. We've done some pull-ups. We've lifted some weights. We've done all kinds of all kinds of cool things to help get our bodies into shape. That's always that's always a laudable goal, man. It's um, the importance of physical fitness cannot be cannot be stressed enough. I myself, I really ramped up the bike riding. Over the summer of fitness, I like to go out a few times a week, and I've been hitting those hills hard. I've been doing it. I've been doing it up. My feet are killing me. 
My calves are killing me. My body's aching. But it's all, it's all worth it. No pain, no gain, you know? What do they say? Uh, pain is weakness, leaving your body. And I'll tell you, man, a lot of weakness must have been leaving my body. But it has all been worthwhile. I went down a pant size, and I'm very pleased about that. Not that, uh, not that I wear, like, uh, you know, the biggest pants in the world, but I did go down a size. That, to me was an incredible success. I'm very, very happy about that. It's always nice to have your clothes fit a little better. You know, that's, uh, that's always great. I got, I got a lot of active participants in the physical fitness, and I was, I was really happy about that. I can't tell you, man. I put these, I try to put these positive thoughts out there, and it's really great for me to hear that, uh, people grab a hold of them, that people take them to heart, that people enjoy them. Let's, uh, let's get the final summer of fitness shoutouts going. You know, it's, it's sad to see it end, but uh, it was worthwhile while it was going. My man Esqualito sent me a pic. Homeboy's looking jacked. Homeboy's looking great. He's in the gym pumping iron. I gotta, I gotta give it up. What did he say to me? That was a, uh, that was a good one. It's a quote from uh, Arnold, good old uh, Arnie Schwarzenegger, the former governor of California, the former governor of my home state. He said, he said something to the effect of, "You could either make gains, or you can make excuses." I choose to make gains. I do too, man. I choose to make those gains. Excuses get you. They get you nowhere. My man tapes from the crypt. He messaged me and he told me he can do more chin-ups now than he ever could before. And I think that's amazing. Chin-ups are hard. I I am no good at, at uh, chin-ups. Even at my most fit, even at my lightest, I have never been able to punch out more than a couple. I got, I got really long arms. I'm really long limb, long arms and long legs, and anything that involves like pushing or pulling the length of my arms gives me gives me fits. Push ups, the bench press, the bench press has never been my preferred uh, lift. I I'm just like I'm pushing the weight a mile, you know. I'm just like oh, I'm pushing it all the way to the roof of the gym. It's too far, but uh, I got to give it up to my dude, man. That's that's impressive. I'm really proud of you for taking part. My homie Nyquil, this is a dude I've known for a long time. He told me he's been walking to work every day and that he's been skating. And I think that's great. My man Javier from Classic Wrestling Stars on Facebook. He's been walking. He's been walking stairs. He's been parking at the other end of the parking lot and he's been walking. My dude, Gino Vega. You know, you know him. We all know and love Gino Vega. He told me he was out for a walk doing a summer of fitness and he was passing through these two warehouses when all of a sudden, like, a bunch of dudes came running at him, carrying, like, sacks over his head. He's like, I don't know how they do, uh, they do work at this warehouse, but that's pretty weird. But then he realized they were all a bunch of CrossFit dudes, and that, uh, that's what they were doing, carrying big bags of pinto beans back and forth across Napa. That's wild, but I, I appreciate dude reaching out. My man Charles, he's been taking walks at the beginning and the end of every day. I gotta give it up. All you guys, let's keep it up. Even though the summer fitness is over, that does not mean that fitness has to end. You can keep going. You can keep adding to those gains. You can keep doing it every single day. If you want to reach out, you want to reach out, you want to contact me, I'll shout you out. I am happy to help anybody achieve some fitness goals, man. That's, uh, that's important. And for those of you who didn't take part, it's never too late. It is never too late. Put down the video game controller for a while. Put down the TV controller for a while. Put down that bag of chips. Put it down. Just put it down, and you can go. You can take a walk. You can take a run. You can do whatever to get started. Start small. Take a small walk. Then take a little bit of a longer walk. Then take a bit of a longer walk. Then start doing some push-ups. Then start doing some jumping jacks. You start small, and then you go from there. But don't give up. It is never, ever 
too late. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how heavy you are. It's never too late. It's never too late to turn over a new leaf. Remember that. It's important. So, with all that said, that's it, man. Summer of Fitness is over. Everyone's a winner. It's been great. While while we're still on the you know the topic of uh, shout outs and things of that sort, I got um I got a neat message from my dude Charles who we talked about a minute ago when we we last spoke. I did an episode on accidental collections, those weird collections of things you wind up with that you're just like, how did how did I get this? Where did it come from? What's the deal with this? And he he sent me a couple pics of his accidental collection. One was of these um these small little figurines. I'm not I'm not sure what they're called. I can't recall off the top of my head, but he had like. A bazillion of these. I I get a little stressed out when I see these collection of like um these small little things because I'm like, how do you dust? It drives me it drives me crazy on my things when I have like these tightly packed little uh little areas set up and then I gotta move them all and dust and then move them back. But then he also he also had a collection that I, I wanted to talk about for a sec. He had a whole shelf full of green toys. And I'm like, homie. I understand. I have a whole shelf in the living room full of, like, red things. Just weird red things that I have found over the years. Some of the things that are on my shelf of the red things are um, two small He-Man heads. I have Stratos' head, and then I have another one. I have, like, a whole bunch of little red cowboy figurines. I have this milk glass mug with, like, these red cowboys on. So I, I got pretty stoked when I saw a whole shelf full of green things. I'm like, I get it. I get it, dude. Thanks for thanks for sending that to me. I really um I appreciate that. This this past week when I was at the movie theater, when we went to see uh 47 meters down, I bumped into my homie Chris. My homie Chris is the manager of the uh, downtown theater. I I was chatting with him for a second. I said, "Hey, do you think I could see the booth sometime? The booth is where the uh the cameras are, the projectors are. I have not been in the booth of a cinema like in many Many, many years. When I first started working at UA6 downtown, you had to pass through the booth to get to the employee changing area. But, like, over the years, they made it so that, like, no employees were ever allowed in the booth. So, like, one day, this this thing that was, like, one of the greatest things that I would do every day. I loved going through the booth. Nothing, nothing compares to walking through this dark room with the sound of the projectors whirring and the lights. It was just... It was just so great. One day it was taken away and I was I was bummed. The whole uh, theater experience really went downhill from there and I hadn't I hadn't been in a booth in years and I was curious how the technology has changed, what things were like. So I asked him if he if he wouldn't mind letting me see and he's like, "Yeah, let's go." So we got in the elevator and there's there's like a key. You have to put a key in to go to the floor of the booth and we we went in there and it was it was pretty cool. The ceiling was maybe like six foot one or six foot two. If I would have, if I would have jumped up, I think I could have like put a dent with the top of my head. Not even like a high jump, just like a a quick jump up. I could have knocked one of the acoustic tiles right off. But um, what was up there that was kind of cool was they have one like centralized server with all the movies that they're playing on it, right? And then every individual projector is hooked up by a wire to this um, centralized projector. And he was telling me how, like, every day they get an update of, like, new movies they can download. They subscribe to some kind of a service, and it sends the movies they're going to show right to this thing, and then you can just download them and start playing them that day. When I was in the theater game, we would get these deliveries of um, giant, giant, giant reels. 
like once or twice a week, and then those were the uh, movies, and you'd have to like splice them, splice in the trailers. Nowadays, it's all it's all like a it's kind of like a Windows Media Player playlist. You could see how each item that they would play before the movie starts, you know, like the uh, commercial for the cult cinema, the commercial for going to get popcorn, the Pepsi commercial, all that stuff. They're all like a playlist all the way down until when the movie starts. It's all automated. That That is understandable, but it also made me sad because back when I was in it, I hate to say back when I was in it, but back when I was in it, there was a projectionist. There was this guy, Jason, who lived up in the booth, and he was there starting and stopping all the movies. He was there pulling the switch to switch the reels. And I get it, man. Times move forward. This is... This is like a way more advanced, probably a way, way more efficient system. He's telling me like, remember back when we were in the theater, there I said it again, remember back when we were there, how like sometimes you'd be up in the booth and you would see how there's nobody in the theater, so you wouldn't even start the movie, you wouldn't even play until somebody showed up. He's like, now it's just all automated. At one point, the wife was the manager of the theater and me and a homie of mine, my homie uh, Devil T. We were going to go see Johnny Mnemonic, and uh, we were we were running late. We thought we had a ride, but we ended up having to walk. So I called her up, and I'm like, can you delay it? Can you delay Johnny Mnemonic till we get there? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. So the movie started like 25 minutes late. I felt bad for the people who were there, but I felt really great for me. Things like that are impossible, though, nowadays. It was it was like a pretty cool trip. If you know somebody who works at the theater, if you know somebody who can get you up there, go in the booth. They have, like, these neat little windows. The camera's, you know, going out one window. And then they have, like, windows next to it so that you can, like, look down in the uh, theater and see what's going on just in case. You know, maybe, like, if you have to adjust focus or whatever. And I, I got to be up there for, like, you know, we were up there for, like, a good 20 minutes, half an hour. And I got to watch, like, Lion King through the window there. I'll tell you, best seat in the house. It was great. If you ever get the chance, go check out the booth. And I don't know. I think that concludes the show. I think we're at the end. No new show on the feed next week. Next week is going to be the patron-only show. It is a great one. It is called The Seven Days of Solitude. And it's about the time that I was alone when the family was in Mexico. It's great. I I drank some uh, white wine spritzers. I took some phone calls. I I got this gimmick where I can record off the landline, and I took some calls from um, scammy telemarketers, and those are on there. There is a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. I mean, the car wash, I was going to meet a friend, and he flaked. All kinds of cool stuff. You definitely want that. If you, um, if you listen to the patron show, I recommend you do so in earphones. It's an earphone masterpiece. It's made for uh, that kind of in-tight listening. You want to hear all the fun little details. That's a really great show. If you're not already a patron, you're missing out, man. That is a really, really cool hour. It's my baby. I love the POS. I love the patron-only show. And you're going to get you're gonna get that next week. That comes on a, a very special RSS feed called the Icy Robot Secret Guy Hangout. And you get that if you sign up over at supportthereport.com. It doesn't cost much. You can get down for as little as a dollar a month. It's just the thought that counts. It's the thought. There, there's a lot of fun patron stuff coming up too. I got a, uh, I got an audio handbook of the Marvel Universe on Dazzler. I'm starting a new uh, music mixtape show called Message in a Bottle, which is going to be me playing some of my favorite tunes and talking about those tunes. That's going to be great. I'm most of the way through one of those. There is a who's who in the DC uh, Comics universe about the Challengers of the Unknown. I've recorded that. I'm going to drop that after a while. And then I'm also working on a all-new, all-fun 
this boring life. I'm going to talk about my time doing martial arts back when I was in the fighting game. It's it's kind of fun. You get to hear about a lot of my misadventures doing martial arts. That's in the works. And plus, just the other week, we dropped This Boring Life about audio tapes that's getting rave reviewed. That alone is worth a dollar. Everything is downloadable. You can keep it. You can have it for as long as you like. It's yours. Consider it. If you like what we do, and I hope that you do. I really hope that you do. Consider going over to supportthereport.com, signing up. It's great. You will definitely, definitely, definitely get your money's worth. So, guys, until again we speak, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for Engineer Emily, for that alien, for, uh, I don't know, everybody, everybody who participated in the Summer Fitness, big shout out to you. So, until next time, if you don't know, now you know. one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right. E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, the IC Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com